the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms, including Twitch, at Keys to the City. So subscribe, comment, share, and like. We will get into the Trevor Lawrence comments in just a brief moment. Are we making a big deal about it? We'll talk about that, the gentleman right here, these fine Italian gentlemen, I should say. And then we'll talk, yeah, tell you, yeah, there you go. And we'll also talk about Justin Fields. He's one of the biggest names that we've been talking about in this whole entire draft process. He's been getting a lot of hate, but could a match made in heaven be a possibility if he's still there? And I'm talking about the New England Patriots, a move that personally I would really love. I know it's crazy to say that because it's the New England Patriots, but we are going to actually start off with once again, because we are dealing with the baseball season and we're here again. And the New York Yankees, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. We started seeing the opportunity if this was the team that was finally going to get over the hump. Well, it's not the pitching. We talked about this last week. Once again, it's not the pitching. It's the offense still that is struggling to hit the ball. And we're not talking about the long ball. We're just talking about getting on base. So is that the biggest reason for the Yanks right now, five and seven start? Now, I know there's still 150 games left. I know it's a marathon and we're all freaking out. I see Red Sox fans already proclaiming they won the World Series. <laughs> but if you didn't realize it, the teams that are leading in the AL right now are the Boston Red Sox, the Kansas City Royals, and Seattle Mariners. We'll see how long that goes for. But is that the biggest reason, Joel? I'll start with you and then we'll get to Ted. Is that the biggest reason for the Yanks' slow start? Plain and simple, the Yankees uh, in the last maybe four or five games haven't gotten runners enough runners on base. And when they have, they're just not knocking runners in. And I do think that that's going to work itself out because this team is really too talented for that not to happen. To me, the silver lining in this awful five and seven start is everybody's healthy. Everyone's healthy. We were a little worried last week when Judge, had, oh, is this going to be one of those three month things? He was back the next day at a couple homers. Stanton's healthy. Sanchez is playing pretty well, and he's healthy. Everybody's healthy. You know, again, we were just talking about this before the show. Stanton, Hicks, Frazier, Bruce, none of these guys are hitting. These guys are all going to hit eventually. They're healthy. They're off to a slow start. It's a little depressing. The Red Sox won the nine in a row. It, it, it just makes it feel that much worse. But when this team doesn't score runs and they're not, this is what's going to happen. And, and Ted, the most curious stat I read this entire week, the Yankees have a 48% ground ball ratio right now. Yeah, I heard you talking about that on your uh, other Yankee podcast. I was like, you were like, what happened to the fly ball? Yeah, that I mean, now to problem. be fair, dude, Stanton's hit like three or four that were like 115 miles an hour. If you're going to hit the ball on the ground, do that. Uh, but it seems like there's been a lot of double plays, a lot of, I mean, again, I think people kind of dig the idea that it's not home run or bust. But when you're a home run or bust team and you're not hitting home runs and these ground balls aren't coming in bunches where you're putting up runs, you're going to lose games. As good as the pitching has been. Although the starting pitching, again, look, I'm not worried about these guys. I think these guys, especially Kluber and Tyone, 
I think they just need some time. Just get some reps back, get their legs under them. They're going to be fine. Montgomery's been pretty great. And Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in baseball to me, hands down, especially if you actually want to see a W. Yeah, he's he's been unbelievable so far. He's been the best player by far on the New York game. And I was actually saying it to you, Joe, before this. I don't think there's a lot of pressure on Garrett Cole where there was last year. Coming into the season, he had the massive contract. He had the expectations. Okay, you just got your big – I was about to swear and say, but you got, your, <laughs> you got your big contract. You got the money. You came to New York. Now this year it's like, well, now he's getting into the groove of things. He doesn't have all that pressure expecting, oh, well, he has to carry them all the way to the championship or something like that. It's more on the offense. I think it comes down to the offense with this team right now. This is a team that we've been saying for years is very similar to the 2017 team. The only difference is that team was clutch. That team led, that team was great with runners in scoring position. It feels like this has been the same ongoing team, and we're seeing again. And I just put up that stat, and Joe, thank you for giving me this stat, is that they're one in six, and they score four runs and less. And you just said 48% ground ball ratio. That's a problem for a team that lives and dies by the long ball. They're not even getting on base is the problem, Ted. Well, I mean, I, I went while you guys were talking, I went to look at their quick team stats. So they're 24th in the league in batting. They only have 48 runs so far, uh, so far this season. They're 18th in batting average, batting 231. Their on-base percentage is 14th at 316. And their slugging percentage is 20th at 371, which I expect to be eventually higher once those guys start cracking. But it was funny because last night I saw Moneyball for the first time, Joe. I had never seen oh, yeah? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Pretty great movie. I did not realize that Billy Bean actually seen it either. I didn't realize that Billy Bean was offered to be the highest paid GM in any major league sports after that season in 2002 um, by the Red Sox. And who knows? They might have never won a Red uh, World Series if Billy Bean took the job. Who knows? But Theo Epstein, and we know the story from there. Um, but it was funny because I was thinking about that team, and I, I, it started reminding me of like on base percentage, about guys getting on base. That was what they were striving how to make up for the loss of Jason Giambi uh, J, um, and Johnny Damon and whatnot. And guys that can get on base, walks, hit. And I was like, wow, they had, do you remember they had the 20 game win streak? It was pretty remarkable. I, and, and, and I, the, what, year, what year was that again? Was that 2002? 2002. They had lost in 2001 to the Yankees the, after they were yeah. big and then they blew it. That was, started, Jeter, that was the Jeter series, right? That's the flip play. 2001 was the flip. I think before, I think that was 2000. Are you sure? I think 2001 was the flip. With 2001 the, was the flip. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, well, um, so getting to my point with how I went off a little topic was about this Yankee team, about, they don't get on base enough. They don't produce mm -hmm. enough consistent amount of hits. You know what I mean? It's either a home run or a strikeout. And I think that's what's the most frustrating thing about being a Yankee fan is the old days of being a Yankee fan, if you're at least older than 20 years old, was you're used to seeing base hits, RBIs, you know, sack fly, move a guy from first to third. Just mm -hmm. the little things that what we grew up playing baseball – and I think it's just a bigger problem in baseball in itself that we've seen it. There's more strikeouts than hits. And that's what baseball is trying to figure out. How do we, how do we get more hits? How do we get more action in baseball? So different than hockey where they try to change some of the rules so you can get more goals. So we didn't see two, one, now you see six, you know, six, five, eight to four. You, you want offense because I mean, as much as the true baseball fan appreciates a one, nothing pitching duel, you're trying to get the fan that doesn't generally watch baseball like us on an everyday basis. So how do you get a fan to watch baseball? 
Well, you want to see home runs. You want to see base hits. You want to see scoring. And right now, this Yankee team is not scoring enough because I do, Joe, I do agree with you. Eventually, the pitching will come fruition and will start to produce. We know what Cole's going to do. Do I think, Trev, you, we talked about it yesterday. I think people also have to realize that this is not Kluber from four years ago at Cleveland Indians. This is Kluber now. You know, this is not going to be your Cy Young guy. I think pitching will get us by, but pitching hasn't been that great either. Though I had the stat I sent you last night, the last six road games, their team ERA, which we were praising last week, is now at a 5.12. So, that produces losses. And I just think, as a Yankee fan, I know, you know, people say, hey, listen, we went, I thought Joe, I heard you, the kid, what was it, Colin last night? Or uh, that you were talking on the Yankee show, Billy. Yep, Billy. Excuse me. And then uh, Tommy Dell Camera was talking about it. Where, hey, we've seen this before. They've had slow starts, and then May, June, July come in, and it's like, hey, they're twelve, they're ten games up in first place, and you're like, ah, everything's back to normal. I just think we like to see a good start once in a while. Change it up a little bit, just to have that sense of of confidence and insurance that, hey, listen, we're going to be there at the end. Because listen, I expect this team to eventually have injuries. And then yes. it's like, okay, what, what, what is going to be the answer down the road? You look at the road trip right now, two and four with a 5.12 ERA. And then the batting average is just a, a smidge over 200. Right there, those are recipes for disaster. And that's a concern for a team that there is players other than the long ball that get on base. DJ, who's one of the be- one of the best hitters in baseball. Gio is one of those guys. I know there's a lot of guys on this team. I mean, you could even bring up the name Clint Frazier. And he got his opportunity to now he's a full-time starter. Well, he's not making the most of his full-time opportunity playing for the New York Yankees. He's crap in the bed. He's been, he's been terrible. And it's, it's unfortunate because these are guys that were once, and Joe, we talked about it, were once had a lot of value. And now see their value like in Duhar, guys like that. They're like, well, you could just trade them for peanuts now or Reggie bars. It's just like that. So it's just frustrating to see that they need these Reggie bars. I think they do need a lot of Reggie bars. <laughs> they, they need something. With the way that they're not hitting the ball, and you said it, Ted, the injuries are going to come. It happens. It happens all the time. It happens in every sport, but specifically with the Yankees, you know that Stanton's going to be well, – let's hope that it doesn't happen. But it, it, in the end, you know that something's going to happen. Do you remember in 2019 when the Mariners got off to an 11-2 and two start? And then they won about 65 games the rest of the year. You know, again, we, the other thing we were talking about is we, we were uh, being a little nostalgic for Austin Romine and, you know, why did Austin Romine never become the starter over Gary Sanchez? Is he still playing? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's look the same thing. Hagasioka got a start with Cole this week. He hits two home runs and right away, some of the fans are, Oh, And I said, look, the same reason the Red Sox aren't going to win this division is the same reason Kyle Agasioka isn't your starting catcher. Over 162 games, weaknesses are exposed. Well, this is the Yankees. The Yankees by the Yankees by game 162, everything will be fine. This This team's too good for it not to be. Well, this is no different than any other sport, Joe. This is what, like, I relate this. This is like March Madness or the Super Bowl or the NFL. One game, right? Anything can happen. Right. But in a seven-game series like you see in baseball or basketball, that's why you don't usually see an eight seed in basketball go to the NBA Finals because it just – 
the better team in the long run always wins out because they're the more talented team and they're just the better team. And mm -hmm. I think just like if you want to use that reference with baseball, more likely than not, the better team usually wins unless, which we have seen before, the wild team gets hot and, 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 and listen, things happen. You get hot, pitching's rolling, you start making contact, and you know how it is. We're, I just said it before. Look at that A's team. I mean, they won 20 straight games. Now, yes, they didn't win the World Series, but in baseball, things like that can happen. Joe, Joe just like you said, the Mariners go 11-1 in their first, like, 12 games, and you're like, holy cow, this team is incredible. And then eventually you see what happens. They only win 65, 70 games, and you're like, well, that's what really happened. Same with the Red Sox. That nine-game winning streak, enjoy it. You guys got about 70 more in you. I don't know where they're going to come and when they're going to happen, no, but I, I think much I more think than that. I don't think you're giving the Red Sox credit. I only say that in the sense that they still have a really good lineup. Their they lineup is Their pitching is not nearly good enough yeah, to exactly, compete with Toronto, Tampa, yeah. and the Yankees over the long haul. It's just not good enough. The longevity of the 162-game schedule. That's what it comes down to. Maybe well, like, this, Even for them, knowing sales coming year. back. Even yeah. knowing sales coming back, I think by the time Chris Sale gets back to them, I think they'll be so far out of it, it won't even matter. So for like the, like a, a season like last year, this works where the the, the team like the the Red Sox get off to a nine and three start. In last year's situation, oh yeah, this is this is great. This is what about ideal. Yeah, you got fifty more games left. Where it's one hundred sixty two games, there's a lot of these teams that get off to these hot starts. And can they keep the longevity? And that's why I know we've been talking about the Yankees and we've kind of been saying, oh, God, here we go again. But it is baseball. We have to come back to life. There is still 162 games still in a baseball season. It's just the offense has got to get it going. And it's concerning to see that the offense is not even hitting the long ball right now. For a team that lives and dies by it, that's pretty concerning. I mean, some good news, though. Michael King is coming up. He's going to start tonight. I love it. And that's a big sign. I know, Joe, you like this guy a lot. I've been high in this guy since the Yankees got him a couple of years ago. He's all he's done at the minor league level is win games. And he's not, you know, he doesn't really blow you away with the pitches. Uh, you know, his breaking stuff isn't exceptional, but he's very effective. He pitched what, six innings, gave up a hit in his only appearance of the year. Only got sent down just so that they could uh, restock the bullpen until they would need him again. I didn't like the idea that the Yankees were kind of going to a bullpen game today, but to see Michael King be the guy that they're bringing up to throw in it, I feel really good about that. Um, I think there's a guy that can go out and give you four or five really good innings today. And they really look, here's the other thing, the, the losses to Toronto and Tampa. And I think especially with Tampa, it's, it's gotta be in your head a little bit that this team owns you. And now you're back home after a rough road trip. Seeing mm -hmm. these same teams, division rivals, got to start getting some of this figured out. You know, I wanted to see the Yankees take four out of six. They lost four out of six. I think it's a, a, exceptionally important that uh, this homestand be a, a, a much better one. The other thing, too, is I don't know if you realize this or not. The Yankees are off Monday at home. It's a, it's, I mean, a rare day where you're not traveling. It's a, and, and I think it might really help this team out an extra day at home in the city. You know, I, I think this could be a good day off for the Yankees and, and hopefully, you know, with the Braves coming uh, in right after that, oh, be a good great. chance to get this team kind of back on track. So, so, okay.
okay, so they're Friday, Saturday, Sunday against Tampa off. Then they play two games, Tuesday and Wednesday, home against Atlanta. Then they travel to Cleveland for four. Then, So after the Atlanta series, they're on an eight-game road trip with Cleveland and Baltimore. So, listen, I think I think the next two series, uh, Tampa Bay, we know. Joe, we've talked about it. I know you talked about it on the other shows, too. Tampa Bay's on the Yankees. Like to start winning some games against them. And then, you know, and then Atlanta, who, you know, was one of my favorites when we did our preseason show about them. Uh, that I know it's only a two-game set. But it'll be a good, it'll be a good, you know, kind of marker of where we're at because they've played really well right now, and they got one of the hottest hitters right now in Ronald Acuna Jr. They might have the best player in baseball right now, let alone a hot. Hey, Mike Trout's not the best player, Joe. I don't, I don't know, Joe. What do you think? Joe? I don't know. I don't know if Look, I can get Joe, behind that. Joe's happy over here. He's probably like, yes, yeah, somebody's finally taking anybody. The- yeah, really, and anybody. How, how is, how is Mike Trout doing this year? Anyone know? Oh, he's batting uh, about 400 right now. Four home runs, eight RBIs. Is he really? Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, he's got like a 25 war already or some nonsense. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's outstanding. Well, now guess what? Now he's going to have to do even more because Rendon is on the IL. So, oh, is he? Oh, can what they else? ever? Can they ever get any talent around that guy? For the Damn love it. of God, Mike. You know, I told you. I told you. What the, I told you what should happen with Mike Trout. It's very simple. The New York Yankees should just trade Aaron Hicks. <laughs> and we got the deal. Well, I'll, I'll the trade Hicks and Judge right now for him. I so wouldn't I, do that if I was the Angels. Right. I'm not doing that. Aaron, Aaron Hicks? Guy Why? can't even. You're going to switch hitting out for the other who can play defense, and you get a power hitter, and you're going to take $400 million off your books, which allows you to have flexibility down the road. And plus – you still get a guy that's going to be injury prone, just like Trout gets injured. It's yeah, no play. So I'm just hoping that Trevor Story comes to New York soon. That's all I'm hoping for. You, I still really like Trevor. the prospect of Trevor Story for Glaber Torres. I think that's such a a, a beneficial move for both teams. Yeah, it gives it gives it gives Colorado again a guy like Glaber Torres three years of club control still. I mean, very moderately priced for the next three years, as opposed to Story, who you had to trade Arenado on the hopes that maybe he'll re-sign with you. And then the only way you could re-sign him is if you got rid of your best player. That's bad. Trevor, you know what I'd like to know, like a real honest, like if you only had two choices, you either pay Judge big money or trade him. For for a player, where would Yankee fans where would Yankee fans percentage wise be? Would they be fifty one percent trade or would they pay fifty one percent pay the man? Because I think it's a, I think it's a really hard thing because I think realistically all three of us really like Judge. I think Love we him. like what he represents. I like him as a person. He's a good guy. We expect. I just think the expectations for him maybe are just higher than he really will ever foresee. I'm trading him. The problem is he is a great outfielder too, Trev. Oh, I know, I know. When when he is healthy and playing, he produces. He is an MVP. That's player. the really frustrating part is when he plays, you know he's gonna hit. You know he's gonna hit home runs. You know he plays great defense. You know he's gonna like go all out on on, on his defense. So that's the hard part. But he's also not young. He's also super injury prone. Mm-hmm. 
but then again, so was a guy like Mike Trout. So where are no, you at? I guess you have no, to ask no, yourself. Is, there, there's no Cal Ripkins no more. Sorry, this yeah. is not. Wait, listen, we, and we'll talk about it with the Trevor Lawrence thing coming up because that's one of our topics we're going to talk about later. But I think people, older people, and even us, Trev, because we are getting in that age where we have this expectation where, where football is life and that's all it should be. And you should be bleed football, eat football, shit football. Oops, excuse me. And I talked about this before the show. I should have said crap thunder. But uh, listen, yeah, we just expect course. that guys in baseball are supposed to play every single day. Right? You know, and they should never be hurt. And they should be like Cal Ripken. They should play through injury. And they should pitch every four days and pitch 120 pitches. It's just... Life and football has drastically changed in the, in the last couple of years, and it's going to continue to change. Well, before you get into that whole football talk, we're going to take a brief pause, and we're going to give you a 30-second little commercial before we talk about Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Hold on, we'll be right back. Rocky Hill Accountants offers a unique low-pressure approach to professional and personal services, which is why they have an excellent client retention rate and are extremely proud of the high-quality services that their firm provides. The executive team at Rocky Hill Accountants has over 35 years of combined experience in income tax preparation, bookkeeping, accounting, and IT crypto tax. They specialize in individual income tax preparation, as well as trusts, estates, and gift tax returns the tax deadline for individuals is may 17th if you're one of the 50 million americans who still hasn't filed visit rockyhillaccountants.com that voice sounded very familiar hey listen that is a, a really sexy voiceover by the way rocky hill accountants it's done great work with Clovercrest media group and and helping us sort of get off to the next level so company you're working for um, so, so no, that's, he's, that's my accountant. Oh. Um, and, and yeah, dude, just an amazing guy. He does a lot of, uh, business consulting and cause I don't know how to run a business. I love Clovercrest media, but I, I know media. I don't know business. And so he's hey, Joe, been, look at uh, that. been amazing. Look at that. He says you're an man. Proud of you. He oh. said, Tommy D said proud of you. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. I appreciate that, my man. That's awesome. Um, that's that's a nice that's beautiful that voice sounded very nice i wonder who did that but whoever did that sounds very familiar thank you i just on on ted's point about no more cal ripkin juniors do you know what's the current longest games played streak in baseball manny oh, machado. I, just looked at, I just looked at your uh, it, was manny, it was manny machado back like last year yeah it's with merrifield wow. with 200 oh, with 287 that's, that's like a season and a half. <laughs> oh my god! What, yeah, but that's what baseball's become. It's, it is. It is. But that's how sports is. Look at the NBA resting players. It's just how it is. There's and only we, one sport, Trev, that doesn't do that. Yep, and it's the hockey. NFL. hockey actually, too, hockey and football. Oh, hockey, hockey, and the NFL. But big news coming out this week. Oh, is it really big news? Sports Illustrated had an interview with the future number one pick in Trevor Lawrence. We've known that for about three years now. But he made some comments that people raised eyebrows about and saying more about having not had a chip on his shoulder and not really having that that strive to win, the will to win championships, as his father said. Are we making a big deal about these comments or is this something to be looking into to the future? Because we've seen where you draft a quarterback and you got to think about Jacksonville, who's been 
an up and down franchise, but lately it's been bad. They're going to take this kid that's been proclaimed the best prospect since John Elway, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, those type of guys. Well, can you have an Andrew Luck situation where one day he's just like, you know, I just, just don't want to do it anymore. I just want to retire. And you're putting, you're willing to put all your money literally into this guy and all your eggs into the basket for the future of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Are we making a big deal about this, Ted? Or is this something that we should be keeping an eye on? I mean, at first when I heard it, I thought it was kind of a big deal. Because my first initial reaction, which is not always your best initial reaction, was the way we think, Trev. Football should be everything. If you're going to play in the NFL, it's a whole different ballgame. Listen, I can understand if it's high school and college, you got other things, but you're about to be the number one pick in the NFL draft, right? And the way we look at it is everyone should be the next Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, because when you're the greatest, that's what the standard should be, right? Everyone should be, I should be on a vegan diet. I should spend millions of dollars on my health. Well, it was similar to LeBron James and Russell Wilson. Everything should be about football too, right? Because mm -hmm. anything less than that is not good enough. Right. And then I look back and I you start to listen to experts because they're the people that played in the NFL. And you're like, it's 2020. Thing is different. Maybe having the mindset like a Trevor Lawrence or an Andrew Luck is good because it doesn't wear you out as an individual. All right. You understand? These are still grown. These are still regular people. He's only 20 years old. He's still a kid. I mean, he's well mature above his years. And he's always been anointed. A 20 year old married man now. Well, I mean, he's got a beautiful wife. So well, good for but, him. Uh, I saw the pictures. He's one hot smoking. <laughs> that's what that's comes I hope he's nice, though. You know what I mean? He's at least nice. Hold on. She had to be if she's been with him since high school, and that speaks volumes considering all you think about Joe. I mean, we all went to college, Trevor, even you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I made Dean's list. I'm a smart man, so I don't know what you're talking about. What, what I'm saying is, you know there's always temptation, right? That is and true, for, actually, Joe. That's a true statement. There's a lot of temptation. So for him to be able to stick with one woman, but I think like this, he's always been an anointed one, right? And in high school, he was the anointed one, and he just kept winning football games. And then in college, remember, he wasn't the starter, Trev. And then he led them to a national championship. Yep. And he's got two losses on his resume in college. All right. Just like Justin Fields. I don't think I think when we get to this point, because I was if you think about this, you really haven't heard anything negative about Trevor Lawrence. Think about this. Every year, right, when you get to the number one number two, Joe, you know this. They are trying to grab every little thing. Hey, when he was born, he was born you know, sideways, upside down. You know, he didn't he didn't he didn't do something right. He didn't start running until the age of five. Or you're just trying to find he got a C on his like science paper in third grade. You're trying <laughs> to find something negative about these kids because that's what happens. This is the rumor mill right now, right? We're in a blog right now and everyone's spitting stupid rumors. And it's just something to pick on because if you thought about this, since he has lost that game against Ohio State. What Ohio negative State. have you really heard about Trevor Lawrence, right? He's probably been the least spoken about number one pick that I can remember in years. Well, when you Truth get proclaimed as when you get proclaimed as about the next Matt Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, the two, three, oh, four, five. You also got to think about it, and I'll get to you quickly. When when you get compared to the John Elways, the Peyton Manning prospect, you're nearly perfect. That's pretty much saying you're the perfect prospect coming into the NFL draft. Yeah. You know, a lot of the this past football season, we didn't spend a lot of time talking about the Chiefs either because you just assumed they were getting it done and we'd talk about them when the time was right. And I think, you know, 
come literally draft day, there'll be a lot of talk leading up to the hours for when they announce him as the number one pick. I'll say this about Trevor Lawrence. I was really struck, you know, this, this past summer in a weird world that we were living in with all of that was going on politically and in the streets. This was a guy 20 years old, as you mentioned, Teddy, who decided to go sit down with his black teammates Mm-hmm. to get some perspective on what life is like for those guys. Th- this kid's not only a leader, but at 20, I mean, to, to be as nuanced as to like recognize, hey, my teammates are hurting. Why? I think he's an exceptional guy. I th- I found the comments a little bit concerning. And, and are, should it be a big deal? Well, to the Jaguars, yes. You know, you're looking to build a franchise around a guy and pay him a lot of money. You want to hear things like, I want to be the next Tom Brady. I want to win a lot of trophies. Not, yeah, I could live or die without this. I mean, if I if I just go and if I go and surf instead, I'll be just this. I don't want to hear that. Well, I, I like that, this kid a lot. That comment come from his dad? I believe that I think came that, from that, that comment specifically. Dad, but... His dad did say that, but that's even worse because where did yeah, that's dad almost, hear that? That's like, uh, yeah, having your dad. Like, oh, say, yeah. By the way, my son said if he's not happy, he's just going to walk away. I don't know if I want that, that either. Yeah, can you, you imagine know? dad just saying that to, like, to well, somebody? Like, well, yeah, he, well, just, well, he, just, well, he just wants to have fun. He doesn't care about winning. Well, he just, well, he just wants to have fun. We're also different people. You and me personally are different. The way dad is different, too. Listen, I don't know. I don't know anything about his family in the sense of do they come from money? You know, are they well educated? You know what I mean? Is he like an Andrew Luck, where even though his father played NFL, he was a super smart kid at Stanford? Like, mm. like if he didn't make the NFL, he was going to make maybe not millions, but hundreds of thousands of dollars in what? I believe it was engineering or something or architect. It, it was a it was a smart major, and he went to Stanford. He's no dummy. Okay. Jace, one of our guys from CMG, you know, point out thing. You know, and, and Joe, you said that too. Listen, if he wasn't into football, he could have easily done what a lot of other guys this year and sat out the entire season. Bro. He had nothing to prove. He was going to be the number one pick after his freshman year, after his sophomore year, and after this year. So if he really wanted to, he could have not not risked injury, not played through COVID, you know, but he wanted to win a championship with his team. So the only question I will have is in the two biggest games in the past two seasons was he fell short in the two biggest games and got outplayed by Joe Burrow and Mac Jones, excuse me, Justin Fields. Um, So does that have anything to do with, Hey, did he not do enough homework in the film study? Was he, what did he not put the extra, you know, you're just trying to find out every little detail because this is a multi-million dollar investment in one person. He is going to be the face of your franchise. He is going to be the leader. The only person that's going to have just as much face in that franchise is going to be Urban Meyer. Okay? And this is why we scrutinize every little single thing. And, hey, listen, if it makes him his comments that he's not all about football, that he doesn't get worn out, hey, listen, you know what? On my off days, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to go relax. If If he has a long, successful career, I mean, part of that will be how do the Jaguars put pieces around him? Because I, hey, I think Andrew Luck got worn out with the tumultuous season and getting beat up every single year. And that's why he left. I think if Trevor Lawrence has that same effect, he might say after eight, 10 years, you know, like I had enough. I'm getting beat up. My team stinks. You get worn out. Losing wears you out a lot faster. Calvin Johnson, man, great player. Would Calvin Johnson have retired if he was playing on a successful team? 
Maybe not, because winning kind of <laughs> winning, winning cares everything. Jared's comments than the jokes. I watched I watched an even greater Detroit Lion walk away from the sport for the same exact reason. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest of all time. And and yeah, I'll tell you yes. that yep. I mean, I, I I never liked the Lions. And you you throw those two names out there as guys who walked away because it sucked. And it makes me hate the Lions franchise that much more. I just think what I think it's just a telling sign of like the generation, how the generation is nowadays. Just how it is. He's 20 years old. Well, doesn't have I don't not, think it's him hold too. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is not like Brady. This is not like LeBron, Kobe, Jordan. It's, it, it's not how players are. The players are not like built like that. It's not just breathe, eat, and sleep football. It's or basketball or any hockey, baseball. It's it's other things now. It's oh well, let's go take let's go do what the wife wants to do, or let's go just hang out and not watch football. Or just go do something. It's just, just how the generation. It's just yeah. It's like we like to say the wimp. But it, it's just how the generation is. That's how it is. Happy wife, happy life, Trev, remember? Uh, yeah, and it's just, it's, I know, the leash. Maybe that's why we're single. Nowadays. That's how, it, that's how it is. But it's just a telling sign of the generation where we're at now. As a like, in a whole. If you want to put this whole perspective, like this whole interview, it, just, it, it kind of just solves of how our younger generation is. There's I'm pretty sure if I was... Um, a professional athlete and I was in the late stages of my career and I'm like, I don't know. I'm gonna go home, talk to the family. Maybe I'll be back next year. Then I would look over and I'd be like, no, my wife's saying no. So this is, this is going to be it right here. I feel like there's, there's not a lot of guys have a wife like mine where, you know, cause you hear that in the off season a lot. Like I'm going to go home and talk to the family and the family was always like, go for it, dad. Mine wouldn't, mine would be like, dude, hang them up. Well, see, like, and I think that's what speaks volume to like guys like Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Where, listen, you know, Drew Brees has probably had that conversation multiple times the past couple of years. And then think about Tom Brady. Remember Giselle a couple of years ago it was like, I want Tom to be home. Tom yeah. probably had a stern talk. It was like, Giselle, I'm playing more football. And, and listen, for him to say, what was it last year, Trevor, or this year that he was thinking about playing a 45? Speaks about the confidence and comfortability that he has in his relationship because. If you take away from sports, that's really the biggest thing because these guys are family men too. You know, I mean, they they their wife and support system is football, but when they go home, they still have to be a dad and a father and a husband. So, um, listen, I'm interested. Listen, I just I'm excited to see what happens with all these kids. You know what I mean? I mean, before it was Zach Wilson, he was a spoiled little kid, comes from a rich family. But if football is all his life, so what's what's the problem? You know, what, what's the difference? <laughs> I put the wiffle ball on the Raptors, John. I have that argument every Sunday night. Believe me, on my way to wiffle ball every Sunday. Well, I'm glad you brought up the other quarterbacks, Ted, because there's one quarterback that it seems like has been getting probably scrutinized the most out of all this this big quarterback class, and that's Justin Fields, the one that we all thought was neck and neck with Trevor Lawrence, and he's been neck and neck with Trevor Lawrence since high school. These guys both came from Georgia. They're literally like 20 or 30 miles apart from each other where they went to schools and then went to Clemson, Ohio state, you know, the story, but now you're seeing recent buzz. And this is if I made this question to see if he actually gets to this point now with his second pro day done and the 49ers there, there is reports now that the buzz 
is that Justin Fields could be the next San Francisco 49ers pick. But if he doesn't and they stick to Mac Jones, the team that I would really, really love to see is the New England Patriots. And call me crazy, I know, because I'm a Giant fan, and what Giant fan would say that? And who wants to see the Patriots? Look, the Patriots and the NFL being good is great for the NFL. No matter what anybody wants to say, it brings viewers, it brings ratings, because they're either hated or they're loved. It's plain and simple. Why is this a match made in heaven? Well, let's say Justin Fields has been getting scrutinized this entire draft process. What has Bill Belichick been getting? Scrutinized the past year since Tom Brady has left. Who won the who won that? Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, and Bill is struggling to find a quarterback now. Why do you think why isn't this not a match made in heaven? These guys have been getting ridiculed. And they're motivated more than ever. Justin Fields has been hearing it all. Oh, he can't. He's not good enough. He doesn't read his first reads, all this, yada, yada, yada. It's something. He's not a hard worker. That's all he's been getting. All these other quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, nothing wrong with him. Zach Wilson, nothing wrong with him. Mac Jones, he's really smart. Trey Lance has the most upside. What has Justin Fields been getting? Ripped apart by everybody. What has Bill Belichick been getting since February? Ripped apart because, oh, look, he can't win without Tom. These guys are motivated, and if this does happen, this could be a match made in heaven for even Cam, too, because now he's got some motivation. Because realistically, let's not set in stone Cam's going to be the full-time starter if they find a quarterback coming to the next season. Yeah, yes. I mean, he, he didn't, I mean, he didn't play a season where he's like, oh, wow, this guy's a guaranteed starter. This is all motivation for, for Fields, for Belichick, and even Cam to say, hey, Cam, if you still want to play in the NFL and we draft a quarterback, whether that's Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or even Mac Jones, you're going to have some competition. So you're talking. Don't forget, Cam didn't necessarily want to go back to New England. Not that he didn't have a good experience, but wanted to go back down south closer to where his family is. Mm-hmm. But he, and he, it's he, basically – Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joe. Finish. Basically, this that was the only option at this point. And and so, Trev, I think you, you make a good point. I mean, again, we don't know what's going to happen at three. No, we don't. And it could have a huge impact on then what happens at four and what subsequent trades and moves are made. So, yeah, I would I would like to point this out, too. Can you imagine if Justin Fields' dad had said, Justin's not all that committed to football, might walk away? He'd be a fifth round pick at this point. They're looking for reasons to not just draft Justin Fields. Um, so he would never have gotten away with saying anything that insane. And and you know what, Trev? You you're I know how big you are on this guy. And this is a guy who I think is perfect for the NFL. Everything I've read is the opposite of what Dan Orlovsky said about him. So uh, it sounds like the scouting reports on fields are really good. He's 22. Yeah. He's a winner. He's a winner. He's the, he's the second best quarterback in this draft. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, I think the Jets are making a huge mistake with Wilson. A lot of guys have Fields number two. Even Kuiper had, I think, Fields at number yeah, two. But that shouldn't be a surprise. He should have been. He should be. He's been the number two quarterback since last year. That doesn't mean. Listen, and I sent you that article the other day where McShane Kuiper said sometimes it's not about the rating on the player. It's about no, team fit and knowing. Hey, listen, he he might not be better than, but he fits what we. Jesus, everyone's calling my phone right now. Everyone, <laughs> everyone has a fit. All right. Certain guys fit certain things. Why do some guys work at some places and why guys don't work at others? Um, wait, he plays well. On, 
Uh, he plays well in domes too, not just not in just fields. In fields. Yeah. I, listen, That's I, funny. I'm not, I'm not ready for that right now. Um, <laughs> listen, I, with anything with this NFL draft, it, it's about fit. Where does the player go? Because you it, that's where it really starts from. Tom Brady probably wouldn't be Tom Brady if he never went to New England. Okay. Mahomes maybe wouldn't be Mahomes if he went to Kansas City. You know, listen, Drew Brees went to the Chargers. He really didn't pan out. And then he, he met Sean Payton in New Orleans. And then he became like the greatest quarterback of all time. You know what I mean? That's just the way Big Ben and Eli, if you were swapping position, play, uh, play, excuse me, teams, they might have never had the same careers that they've had if if Eli was, say, in Pittsburgh or Eli was in San Diego. Oh, was, I would say more Philip Rivers. That now, was the Trev, I'll say to your question. Let's get back to the question. I think Fields and Mac Jones would both be uh, great fits for New England. I think Trey Lance would be a great fit because not only does he have all the athleticism that Justin Fields has, but he doesn't have to rush to play. I think Cam Newton's going to be the starter. If you remember, Trev, the first three games when New England was playing with Cam Newton before he had COVID and before the injuries, he was looking like an MVP candidate. If you also remember preseason show, Joe picked Cam to be an MVP candidate. Joe, if you remember that, you had Cam. You're like, you know what? I'll have a bold thing. Cam was playing really good football. He almost had Go Seattle. Ahead. He almost should have beat the Bills up in Buffalo if he didn't fumble on that late quarter drive. He wasn't the same after COVID. With another year in a new system, with all the pieces that they got and being healthy, I can see Cam Newton running running this team throughout the season, which is perfect. It's a one-year deal. It's a cheap deal. Fields or Trey Lance or Mac Jones can all sit behind him, learn, get better, and then take over the position in here. I think same thing in San Francisco. I would still start Jimmy G. I don't think Fields should be the starter. I don't think Trey Lance should be the starter. I don't think Mac Jones should be the well, starter. That's what, I said, that's what I said last week. And I, think, and I think either one of those three quarterbacks would be great fits for both systems. Two reasons. One, I love the offensive coordinators. Second, I love the head coaches. I love what both teams do. They teach, okay? They make their players better. Now, the reason why I think Justin Fields would be better in San Francisco is because I think the pieces and the offense that Kyle Shanahan runs with play action and boots would work a little bit better. The other thing is I think this, Trev, I think Kyle Shanahan has two Super Bowls to understand this. When he was the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons offensive coordinator, he watched Matt Ryan not be able to get out of pressure when, when, when New England brought the blitz. And maybe if you had a guy like Justin Fields who can escape and make plays with really late would give him that flexibility. Here's the other thing. Then on the other side, when he was the head coach of the 49ers and he watched Mahomes make plays with his legs and extend plays, he saw a guy that can make things happen when things break down, both on an offensive side as Matt Ryan being his and as a defensive side when he was the 49ers head coach. So maybe Justin Fields would be a better fit at number three for San Francisco. Well, I said last week that I feel all those three quarterbacks, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields, wherever they go, might be in a better position to succeed, whereas Lawrence and Wilson, they're going to have to come in and be day one starters, without question. We know Lawrence is going to be it. Zach Wilson, without question, now that Darnold's gone, he's going to have to be the day one starter. If Mac Jones, Trey Lance, or Justin Fields goes to San Fran, got what, eight games? Because I don't think it's going to be a full year even with San Fran, because I feel like San Fran's going to try to move on from Jimmy G quit sooner. Maybe they try no, to make a trade. will probably either trade him at the trade deadline or yeah, he'll probably do like he normally does. And even, if I, and even when I said, <coughs> sorry. He does. A, he, gets, yeah. he gets hit by week four every time. Go look it up. It's like yeah. Yeah, week September four, is out. Week and I also said, even if Atlanta, if Atlanta wanted to stay pat and, 
and draft a quarterback. Well, they don't need to rush Trey Lance or Matt, or, um, Matt Jones or even Fields. They don't need to do it. And in New England would be another one. Whereas Denver, which is one of the teams that need a quarterback, if they trade it up, one of those guys might be the starters come week one. I just think I could see this if that if he doesn't go to San Fran and he's the one that falls, which – Boy, oh boy, you're going to make a great mistake if you did. Well, listen, if, I don't think it's a mistake because if anything is wrong. I think it is. I think it is. That's well, why I, I think it's I a huge mistake. Why? I'm sorry. No, I'll say this. Some, I'm saying for the player. I'm not speaking for the team. I'm speaking from the player's perspective. We've learned anything. Guys that fall in the draft, sometimes, you know what happens? They go to a team that's really good. You go to a team like, that. hold on, Josh Allen falls, Mahomes falls, Aaron Rodgers falls. Guys that fall in the draft, guess what? They go to teams that are really good, that have good coaches. No, I, know, I get that. And, and, and that's good for them. Hey, San Francisco is lost if they do pass up. And we don't know which guy is going to be great. Because half of these quarterbacks in a year or in three years will be out of the league because they'll just stink. And that's just the way it rolls. Just like the five quarterbacks came out with the Mayfield and Josh Rosen and Allen. Two of them you don't know, you know, and you still have questions. But falling in the draft could be a good thing because teams that are picking in the top five usually means they stink. And if you look at the teams that are picking in the top five – those teams have been there in consecutive years. The Jaguars, the Lions, the Bengals. Where do they always pick it? Top the three, Giants. top five. The Giants. Well, listen, I, I think I think if you're Atlanta, you're just like counting your blessings right now because nothing but good things are going to happen to but you. But they are before. asking, Joe, if you know, they're asking for a lot for that four pick. Which I, don't I would, think, I don't think, but I don't think a team is going to be well. Like if it's New England or something, or even Denver, I don't see one of those teams. Whatever the offer they're asking, the asking price is, I don't see one of those teams going all the way up to make that trade and maybe risk your future. I'll bet you. What day is the draft? The twenty April twenty ninth. I'll bet you. Time. I'll bet you on the morning of the 29th, Teams will feel differently. And I put it to you like this. They announced Trevor. They announced Wilson, too. As soon as a name comes out at three, if it's not Justin Fields, if it's Mac Jones, Trey Lance, or anybody else, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, for the next 15 minutes, the Atlanta organization is going to be on the phone with 20 different teams figuring out how do we get to number four and the Bengals' phone will also be ringing there at number five. But they never again, assuming, assuming Justin Fields falls uh, past number three. Well, well here's and, the other question: If Fields goes three, now you now the whole where does Mac Jones go? Because we we think Justin Fields is a better fit for other teams. Now does now does Mac Jones fall to? Because we feel like I think most Bengals are not taking a quarterback. Eagles and uh, excuse me, Miami's not taking a quarterback. Detroit's not taking a quarterback. Carolina's not taking a quarterback. Carolina okay. could take a quarterback. Oh, they're not taking a quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater, they, Seattle. It's a possibility they could. Not, Trev, I'll, I'll bet you 100 I was just hyped. Hold on, listen. I was just, hold on. I got the list up, and I'm just looking, and I was just thinking to myself, right? I don't think Carolina's going quarterback at At number nine, does Denver, would Denver go for a Mac Jones yeah. or a Trey Lance? Possibly, or do they go defense? That's the thing. Or, 
do they go defense? Or and do then, they trade back? Or do they trade back and get assets and trade with Dem yep. New England? But here's the other thing: Would an AFC team want to trade with New England, giving them their quarterback of the future that they want? No. You know what I mean? Because it's you also hey maybe it's an NFC team, maybe it's a Dallas, maybe it's a maybe it's the Giants going hey we don't have to play New England every year. I don't know what your quarterback rankings are for both of you guys in this draft, but I think we all, for most draft experts, would have Mac Jones as the fifth because if Fields goes three, I would say that Trey Lance would be the next quarterback off the board. I would have Lance five. I wouldn't see a team like... I would have I Lance five. I'd have Mac Jones four, Wilson um, three, uh, Wilson two, Fields three. I have Fields at two. I, I have Lawrence, Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Mac Jones, and... What's your rankings on the court? I know you're a big, you've been a big fan of Mac Jones. So I love Mac Jones. That's probably the right list to have him. To me, I would put him ahead of Lance just because a proven commodity. I like upside, but I like known quantity more than upside. So I would put him just ahead. Plays well in big games, played against higher competition, coached by really good personnel. This is a guy that also had to fight for his job. And prove and beat out because if a year ago we were having this conversation, you didn't know Mac Jones. Let me and say one. Now, let me say this. Go ahead. Finish up. No, I'm good. I was just saying a year ago you wouldn't know that. Yep. So here's how I th here's my thinking. If Mac Jones goes three, that's when it goes. That's when it becomes chaos. If Justin Fields goes three, I don't see the teams like New England or um, Denver or even Washington going berserk and going to draft because I just don't see what Mac Jones. The it's not like the oh man Fields is there we got to go get Fields well Mac Jones you're like oh Mac Jones is there well we can we can wait a little but well we see but about that also gets me thinking does does Denver look at Mac Jones as being a huge upgrade over Drew Locke that's what I'm well, saying too no. I would say probably right probably not you're probably looking defense there drop down twelve Eagles they've already got a, a same sort Jaylen. of situation you've got yeah. Jalen Hurts you're dropping more you're dropping more. Patriots at 15. Yeah, perfect. A legit, perfect. a legit landing spot for Mac there. Past that, maybe Washington yeah, at 19, Washington, Chicago, Chicago at 20. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. Right. They need I a mean, quarterback in the future. I mean, if, if not, it's possible, it's possible Mac Jones could fall right out of the first round completely. Joe, not even close. He will never even get past 15 because you know how this game is played. He starts falling. The phones are going to be ringing, like you said, and someone like the Giants or someone else, whoever, might just say, trade back, trade. You know someone's coming up because that's what happens. If a quarterback falls in the 20s, you know someone in the second round is coming up. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think the best thing that can happen is, is for Justin Fields to go three because you look at the next teams – Cincinnati don't need a quarterback. The Dolphins don't need a quarterback. The Lions, the Panthers, Denver's the only team that maybe would they, and you said it, Joe, would they really take it as an upgrade over Dulac? I don't know. And then right. you said 10 and then don't need a quarterback. The Giants, hell yeah, hey, guess what? Call New England, calls the Giants. Hey, you know what? We want to make a trade with you. It's just like it's a perfect situation yeah. for those teams it, right around that 10 to a 12, 13 range where New England could trade up. As a Mac Jones fan, Again, I'm thinking about Allen. I'm thinking about Rodgers. I'm thinking about Mahomes. Where, again, falling for you probably works out here. 
probably puts you in a much more favorable position on a I mean, better Big team, fell, better coach, Big better ben players. Fell 11, Trev. Big Ben fell to 11. He fell into Pittsburgh's hands. I mean, think about that. Pittsburgh, a well-run organization, and they had a veteran team, defense-laden team with Jerome Bettis, a veteran offensive line, Heinz Ward, Antoine Randall, and he went 15-1 as a rookie. Uh, so falling isn't the worst thing. Yeah, it kills you. You don't get as much money, and you don't get the hoop up. But sometimes that's the best thing that could ever happen to you. Sure. A, because you know why? You know why, though? You know why, though? Because you can't eventually get your money. Because look at Josh Allen. Look at Patty Mahomes. Look at Lamar Jackson. Right? If you end up in a good place, you're more likely to play better because you're on a good team, and you're going to get your money because I mean, you're I mean, going to have look, earned it. And that, look, that's Deshaun, the best way look, to Deshaun get Watson. it. Deshaun Watson got his co- big contracts. He got paid. Yep. He's in a difficult situation. But got he got paid, paid. And, and then he got laid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you know I like Deshaun Watson. I hope that's, I really, that's not true. But all in all, I, there's a lot going on. Now we're seeing that the, maybe the 49ers, I've been telling you, Justin Fields at three, it looks like it's starting to work. And I'm hoping San Fran, if they have any brains over there, John Lynch, and, and Kyle Shanahan. The only thing is, is I don't like to sell Mac Jones. I don't like to sell Mac Jones short because I know he's he's probably the least mobile quarterback who's going to be drafted this year. I mean, literally. Kyle Trask was Florida. I think Trask is more athletic than Jones is. No, you can, if you just watch the game, Joe, even with the SEC, Mac Jones has got that Tom Brady S where he's very elusive in the pocket. And he he's got great Trask is a part of being smart. Is a six five, two hundred forty five pound old school quarterback who just got a great arm and a pocket guy. I think Mac Jones has a, a lot more athleticism than people give him credit for. And listen, if you look at Tom Brady, he does look like Tom Brady coming out of the draft. Kind of belly, no muscles on the arm. I mean, we talk about it. We talk about it thousands of times. Tom Brady looks better now at forty two than he looked at twenty two. Yeah, right. Remember, hey, listen, remember Tom Brady, he's not quick enough. He doesn't have a strong enough arm. He's actually worked on his craft. His arm has gotten better with age. His body's gotten age. So, and especially now we're we're into nutrition. I mean, look at Justin Fields. You'll see it on the show. I told you, hey, rookie, he's on a uh, vegan diet, Joe. And he's he lost a lot of weight. He lost no 13 kidding. pounds. He was at 235. Now he's at 222. He feels leaner, healthier, quicker, faster. And he's going to stick with it, Joe, because he's, like he says he feels healthier. And he said he's going to stick with it throughout his whole career as a player. Oh, wow. God bless, God bless the people that can do the vegan diet because I like eating red meat. I like burgers. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I'm sorry. I like protein. Gotta have the protein. I like it. I like ooh. What? What the hell are you saying? It's like that song. I forget, I forget the song. Don't worry about it. Why did you, why did you give us one of our, one of your metaphors today? I thought I did give a metaphor. Oh, I did. I was talking Moneyball and the Yankees and a bunch of other stuff. Keep it metaphor. up. Keep it up, buddy. Keep it up. Oh, I know. I did the other one. Remember I said, happy wife, happy life. That's why we're single. <laughs> well, that's, not really a metaphor. that's not really a metaphor. That's not a metaphor. That's just the truth. <laughs> But we are only 13 days away from the NFL draft. There is a lot going on. I know we haven't even talked about the Giants, but we will eventually talk about the Giants, and we eventually will get our final mock drafts. We've decided we're going to just do one more mock draft. It will be our final 
mock draft before April 29th. We'll yeah, be talking about the 28th. We'll do that. We'll have that out by the 28th, 24 hours before the draft. We'll be ready to rock because by then I think we'll know everything. And I really don't see any trades until draft night. Joe, I agree with your statement earlier. Once you see what happens with those first three picks, now you can start because you don't want to make a, you don't want to trade with Atlanta thinking you're going to get your guy and then he gets taken at three. So that's right. why I think. Yeah, so, yeah. That's how it usually works. You got just going to wait. And now there's only 10 minutes. It's not 15 minutes anymore. So you got 10 minutes to get off the get off your call and figure it out. But like you said, Joe, I agree with you. I see after Atlanta or after San Fran, that's when it gets a little intriguing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I can't wait. It's 13 days away. It's one of the favorite times of the year. We'll talk about Big Blue. What are they going to do? Are they going to go receiver? Yeah, gonna- hey, maybe, maybe that night we can um, maybe that night we can go live like when the Giants are about to go on and we can talk about what we've seen so far, maybe go on live while the draft is going on. I'll put it above the TV above us so people can see what's going on. It'll be like, you know, like we're in our own, you know, draft room. I love it. You know, and you know what? It's funny. We can even do like guess by guess. Like, Hey, all right. We know the first three, maybe we'll come on like four, but like, all right, guys, what do you think? Who's going? Cause you know, we're going to want to talk about number three, you know, what happens with San Francisco. Four will be fun, and then we'll we San can come Fran, back. Just do, San Fran, just do your job and draft Justin Fields. Plain and simple. Thanks so much. Okay. Oh, don't no, 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 no. don't draft Mac Jones. Don't know exactly. Worst thing. Don't you can do. overthink it, boys. Just do it. Just get your. Just. Get, I mean, I, 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 to me, Justin Fields is too good of a player, too athletic of a player that you're gonna let a, a guy who, I mean, again, has the potential to be as as good as. Uh, like the way the NFL is transitioning quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, quarterbacks are transitioning now. Athleticism, you got to have that dual threat ability now. Yeah, you do. Division is stacked with Kyle Murray, Matthew Stafford, and Russell Wilson. So, hey, Matt Jones, that'll be your competition. If that's if that's who San Fran believes as the guy that's going to take them over to the hump, and be my guest. But that said, I would never doubt Mac Jones, man. I just – I don't bet against that kid, man. He just always finds Wins a way. because he was at Alabama? Yeah, it helps that he yeah, was but, he, but like your brother said, dude, he had to go out there and win the job no, from a from a guy who, pro, who would have been starting at any other university in the country outside of Clemson and BYU. Well, Trev, you also just made my point. You said he played at Alabama. Guess what? By go- He's not going to the Bengals. He'd be going to San Francisco with a great offensive coach, with a good offensive line, with a good running game, with George Kittle, with Devo Samuel, with a healthy defense coming back, with D Ford and Nick Boza and uh, Fred Warner. And I mean, it's not like this team is a top five team. This uh, In the drafting wise, this is a top five Eric team. Armstead, they got Eric Armstead. They got a very good team. So, I mean, he's, he's kind of going to an Alabama-esque NFL well, you, team. You, and think about the advantage of that. You meant to say uh, Justin Fields. Thank you. Not Matt Johnson. I made a petition. Justin Fields to San Fran. Let's get it going. <laughs> Let's get it going. I can't wait. 13 days away. We'll see how the Yanks do in the big series against the Rays, their arch enemy, or the team that just can't They can't beat. They can't figure it out. We'll see how it goes. Michael King pitches tonight. We'll talk about that later in the week. And we also got to talk more baseball in general because there's a lot of good going on in baseball. We've already had two no-hitters. The San Diego Padres had their first Joe Musgrove last week. And then Rodon the other night, I think it was last night or two nights ago. Two nights ago. In this early in season. And then we got more NFL draft talk. 
and then we're going to have NBA playoffs coming. There's a lot happening in sports. I cannot wait. Everybody enjoy it, Ted. Is it going to be a nice weekend? What's the weather report for Connecticut? Whatever. I'm uh, golfing tomorrow, so it better be nice. 50s. Tomorrow's supposed to be more sunny than cloudy, and then Sunday, probably cloudy, but in the 50s. It's going to be 95 on Sunday. And there was flurries yesterday. I hope you get a sunburn. Oh, you should see my back. I'm peeling crazy right now. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you can be on all social media platforms at Keys to the City, including Twitch. So subscribe, comment, share, and like. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Hold on, I got to get the intro music. Can't mess it up. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday.